Wood, author of uh, CNN's Buzz Report. <laughs> author of some things. <laughs> and I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNN's The Real Deal. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, the podcast of indeterminate length. Uh, we're going to be talking a bit, little bit about Google and Apple. Yes. No, actually, we are going to be talking Apple a little Yahoo. bit about Google and Apple. <laughs> and uh, Gorilla Drive-In Theaters. But first of all, uh, we've got our editor, John Falcone, on the line to tell us a little bit about what's going on at Cedia. Welcome, John. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. So I think we also want to talk about um, off-brand plasma TVs. Oh, yeah, know? that's right, too. Because uh, John's one of our home entertainment specialists. That's right. Along with He's part of the triumvirate, David Katzmeyer, <laughs> David Carnoy, and the not-David, John Falcone. <laughs> John, how do you feel about being a not-David? Um, I'm actually, my brother's name is David, so it all kind of works out. Thank goodness. That's interesting. Hmm. That's we'll how analyze we, that later. That's how he got the job. Anyway, John suggested, um, as a possible topic to us, a story which recently appeared in the Los Angeles Times about how Sony rivals are catching up with them in terms of flat panel TV sales. And Sony is no longer kind of the slam dunk brand for TV. Are we talking about all like LCD and plasma, John? Yeah, pretty much. You know, Sony really sort of ruled the roost when you'd walk up to somebody in a, on the street and say, what kind of TV are you going to buy? People would always say Sony, Sony Trinitron. Um, it, it was the, the Lexus or the Cadillac of TVs back in the day. And pretty much deservedly so when everything was a CRT-based tube. Uh, Sony really knew what they were doing in that area and deserved their reputation and the premium they charged uh, on the TVs at that time. But as we're moving towards new technologies, especially these flat panel uh, plasmas and LCDs, um, they haven't quite been able to translate their expertise in the CRT tube area to these uh, new technologies yet. So are the TVs like literally not as good? Basically, mm-hmm. yeah. You don't have to say that, do you? <laughs> uh, definitely, you know, um, pound for pound, a, a, a Sony flat panel TV right now is not the best one you can buy for either LCD or plasma. You know, for LCD, a lot of people are going to Sharp, and for plasma, uh, it's, it's Panasonic. Right. Interesting. Now, and, sorry, Tom. No, that's all right. I, I was just going to interject say in there that still the best pictures are coming from the non-flat panels. It's just people want to go for the flat panels for the style because they're thin and they can hang on a wall or something. Right. Is that true, John? Do you think that the best picture is still from the CRT? Because now... That's absolutely true. Even better than LCD? Yes. Okay. Still. But are the flat panels starting to catch up? You know, they definitely continue to get better and better every year. But um, we, in fact, have a Sony 34-inch CRT in our lab here in New York that we use as our reference set. And Uh no matter what we put up on these new plasmas and LCDs, we always tend to look at, turn to to our right and look at the Sony and go, still doesn't look this good. (laughs) So So they're not making the sales, but they're still the benchmark. Poor Sony. Although I recently read um, a story that said that Sony was still ranked uh, one of the number one, maybe the number one brand, sort of trusted brand in America. They did one of those surveys where they went out and said, you know, name your number one brand, basically. And I think Sony was number one and Dell was like number two. And these were spring to mind brand names, which I thought was interesting. 
So the I, other... I don't doubt that in the spring to mind category, but when people are looking at the circulars for Best Buy or Circuit City and they see these $1,000 uh, 32-inch flat panels, there are names a lot of us, you know, previously have never heard of, like Maxent and Syntex Olivia. And once they get below a certain price, people will buy them. Yeah. Well, in Sony, it seems similarly to Apple has kind of always suffered under the reputation, true or otherwise, that they're more expensive. Um, they have, and they've, you know, even though they've cut costs, uh, cut uh, yeah, the price of uh, their their offerings, they're still suffering because they don't want to cut it. Uh, you know, to the bone. I mean, I would say that is a lesson that Apple has sort of learned and that they, they do tend to be more price competitive, uh, both on their computers and even the iPods. Yeah. But, so then the, and, and a perfect example of that is Sony's super high-end Qualia line, uh, their luxury brand. They had a $13,000 70-inch <gasps> uh, <laughs> TV, which was, you know, extraordinary. It's their version of uh, Elcos. Wow. The new back uh, rear projection technology. Um, everybody thought it looked great. Nobody could afford it. And in fact, you know, one of the things they're reinforcing at the CDA show is that they've just announced two, you know, mainstream versions of that SXRD technology uh, that are going to retail, I believe, for four and five thousand dollars, which is obviously still expensive. Right, but, but uh, it's no thirteen K. Yeah. So in line with the rest of the industry. You bring up the other big thing in home theater that's going on this week. Yes, it starts this week or started today. The CDA. It actually starts uh, tomorrow. Okay. And uh, I think today's a press day. And to tell you the truth, I don't have um, a lot of that information is still embargoed and still mm. not yet. You can't tell us anything today? This is We're talking about the Custom Electronic Design and Installation Association uh-huh. Expo. Oh, what? <laughs> You mean Cedia? Or oh, yeah. Cedia. <laughs> Which I'm sounds- glad you looked up that acronym. <laughs> I can never remember what that I went ahead and Googled that while we were talking here. Um, so, well, it, Cedia is interesting, even though you can't tell us anything cool about new TVs today. Um, it, it's kind of interesting just in the, the direction that home theater seems to be going, which is so much more than a TV, so much more than a receiver. People, I think, are really starting to think about home theater in a much more integrated way. Well, they're using the term home theater instead of new TV. Do you find that that's true, John? It is and it isn't. I mean, what's still funny to us is, especially at the um, one of our main uh, audio writers, Steve Guttenberg, is always complaining that people are willing to spend four or $5,000 for the TV, and then they want to get the audio system for 200 bucks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, that's about right. Be yeah. that as it may, it, it is... Fair enough. You know, especially, I think you're seeing this in this situation where Hollywood has taken such a dive in uh, movie attendance this year. Uh, people aren't going to the movies anymore. Right. And one reason is they're, they're literally building a true home theater in their house that they're finding a more enjoyable and comfortable way to view films. Mm-hmm. Are we going to see any big announcements at Cedia, or is it just going to be newer, bigger, better? Media is still targeted sort of at, as it said, the custom install crowd that is uh, kind of a cut above uh, the quote-unquote average consumer market, unlike stuff you'd, uh, we'd see at CES, for instance. But it is kind of, uh, 
uses a launch pad for a lot of mainstream stuff for companies going into the holiday fall buying season. So you, you will see, you know, a lot of the stuff isn't necessarily new. It's stuff that may have been uh, announced or hinted at earlier in the year, but uh, it, it's everybody sort of showing everything they have, video, audio, and um, custom install-wise uh, as we go into the fourth quarter of the year. Cool. Well, you can find um, ongoing from the spot coverage on CDA at the Alpha blog, alpha.cnet.com. And for the benefit of John's expert advice, check out our newly revamped HDTV world, which you will find under the televisions category at cnet.com. John, thank you very much. Sure. I'll, I'll just add the, uh, the one, the easy URL to get to HDTV world is hdtv.cnet.com. Oh, you guys Beautiful. are so clever. We try. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right. Speaking of home theaters now makes me want to talk about not home theaters. <laughs> uh, this is, I, I, we got to go straight into this gorilla drive-ins oh, project yes. that I saw. A on, reason to go to the movies again. I saw this on Boing Boing. Or have the movies come into your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, folks have set up a digital projector outfitted with a low-power FM transmitter that they put inside a car. And then every couple of weeks, they send out an email uh, to a bunch cool. of people who have subscribed and tell them where they're going to be, what movie they're going to be showing. People show up in their cars. Oh. It, it, they find a big wall, a big empty I billboard, something it. to project the movie against. Then you tune in to the proper FM station, and you can get the audio. And you can get the audio. And That's then you brilliant. just sit there in your car and do what people do at the movies. They're apparently calling it the mobile movie movement, and it started in Santa Cruz, California. I Love it. According Love to Boing it. Boing's posting, it's now playing in Berkeley, California, Oakland, My California, town. Minneapolis, Minnesota, Dallas, Texas, L.A., Westchester, Pennsylvania, <laughs> and Tampa City, Florida. Well, what would it be? What would a movement be without Westchester, Pennsylvania? So if, yeah, go to Boing Boing if you want the link. Uh, there's there's more details. You could probably start That's, setting up your own if you really want I absolutely wanna. love it. We would be um, a little bit remiss if we did not do a little bit of... Apple follow-up, mm. even though, don't worry, we won't spend too much time on it. Oh, yeah. To the people who emailed us that all we talked about was Apple yesterday, we know. But that was the big news. <laughs> it was And big we news. did talk about a couple of other well, things. Well, and to me, that's one of the most interesting things about Apple is that they maintain the market share that they've had for so long, and yet the world stops for Apple news for the big announcement. So what did you want to talk about? Um, a couple of things. We got one email, actually, that I thought was pretty interesting, which said, do you think this is Apple's way of sticking it to creative more since they introduced a Nano months earlier? Which I had forgotten about. Yeah, Creative I forgot about that too. Has an MP3 player called the Nano. Oops. Oops. Yeah. So we'll see who gets in a little trademark yeah, war there. Exactly, because you can name something the same as someone else mm-hmm. if it's a book right. or a movie if title. If it is not or the same if, product. Or, well, no. If it's a book or a movie, you can actually name it exactly oh, the yeah, same. That's true. Or if, like you say, it's a totally different product. But this is none of them. I know. I'll be interested. But you know what? Apple has won the naming. I mean, Tiger Direct yeah. went after him. We all know how the Apple... Records. Music records yeah, thing has Beatles turned label. out. Apparently, they're not going to come back and sue again. Um, another bit of interesting feedback on the Nano actually came from Larry, who said that he feels that Apple did not listen to its consumers when they came out with the Nano because it has it doesn't use a standard battery, so it has no replaceable battery like AA or AAA. Only 14-hour battery life, where you're seeing MP3 players now that have, what, 40 hours mm-hmm. of battery life. He says his, his iRiver gives him 20 on a single AA no FM, which is my complaint as well, and no voice recorder. So he says, nice try, but you were not listening. Battery life's the big one there, too. The battery voice recorder the and the one. FM are not are nice 
but the battery life, that's huge. Yep. And then finally, um, Walt Mossberg of the Wall Street Journal, of course, got his hands on it a couple days before anyone else in the world. And he is a smitten kitten. Oh, geez. What a yes. surprise. He <laughs> likes an Apple product. All right, let's stop talking about Apple. Let's start talking about Google instead. Google. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just we still sm- have Google and Yahoo to get uh, to. We need to hurry. A small note. They hired Vint Cerf, one of the pioneers of the internet, yes. one of the creators of the internet protocol, uh, to be the chief internet evangelist, CIE, for Google. This is pretty dishy. Uh, according to Eric Schmidt, Google CEO, Vint Cerf is one of the most important people alive. <laughs> wow. They've been um, friends for a long time. Anyway, so, so yeah, just in, just interesting. Well, Google is not only like, this is also mo- interesting because creating they're buying everything. dark fiber. They're buying dark fiber. They've hired a guy who built an internet before. Right. So there was recently a Business 2.0 article that you worked on one of these. We're thinking of making our own. Why don't you come on over and help us <laughs> You know us that out? internet we all know and love? I think we need a new one. And you're just the guy to build it. But seriously, I mean, Business 2.0 had an article not that long ago speculating that they were about to build their own internet. And this certainly has got to fuel some of those rumors even more. All right. Yahoo now. <laughs> moving along. Moving along. Moving along. Moving along. Yahoo. Oh, poor Yahoo. They're doing a little bit of evil lately. Well, the latest is that in, in China, Yahoo apparently helped the government suss out a journalist who sent an email that they said was top secret or violated some sort of secrecy law. I'm trying to find the Government story. secrets. Government Xi Tao, a 37-year-old writer for the Dangdai Shangbo, which I'm sure I'm mutilating. Tom memorized this if you... <laughs> uh, was convicted of sending top secret government oh, messages secrets, right? uh, to foreign websites. Basically, he admits that he sent an email which warned of the dangers associated with dissidents returning to mark the 15th anniversary of Tiananmen Square, mm-hmm. but disputed that it was a secret document. Yahoo said, hey, look, the government said, hey, you have to turn this over, right. this information over. We turned it over. We're just following the laws of the country we're in. So it's a sticky situation. Because, it is. It's interesting. I mean, well, it's difficult. I mean, it's the it's a situation that most multinationals, I'm sure, have faced at some point, which is to do business, like you said, to do business in a country. You do have to abide by their laws. Nevertheless, they're based in the United States, and that's the kind of thing that presumably we don't do here. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure that Chinese so, companies follow our laws when they're here so why wouldn't we expect american companies to follow chinese laws when we're there even if we disagree with them right however yahoo could have also taken a stand yes they could have resisted and that's the question is they they are a big enough power to throw some weight around uh especially in a case like this where it looks like he didn't do anything all that you know it looks like they were just after him basically it wasn't that he was a big lawbreaker and he's a journalist and you know yahoo is a creator of content yeah and should they are now should I would think want to propagate the First Amendment outside of this country or something along you know the freedom of speech definitely the kind so. of thing that sparks some controversy so if you've got an opinion email us buzz at cnet.com or give us a call 1-800-616-CNET indeed and I believe that is all the news we have for today one last email which I thought was interesting about our parasite wear piece on Tuesday we talked about um <laughs> Yahoo's somewhat sneaky installation. We got an email from Jimmy who said that AOL Instant Messenger goes into his computer and puts itself in the do not report list for notifying Microsoft about errors, which is not nice. Yeah, you shouldn't. I mean, that's actually, I don't ever report those errors myself. But, no. But I want control over what 
A program companies. can't say I'm yeah. immune from error reporting. So uh, anyway, Jimmy in Jimmy, Spokane. Jimmy, you're right. It is worse than spyware to do that. That's not okay. There is GAME, G-A-I-M, is a, an open source uh, instant messenger that allows you to communicate over AOL instant message as well as Yahoo and others. There's also uh, Fire if, if you use a Mac. Mac. And then uh, Molly likes Trillion, which I there's a free it. version of, or uh, she pays for a version I, that's even better. I pay for Trillion, and I think it's totally worth it. I'm going to put that out there. It's not. It's like 20 bucks. I've been paying for it. it I've. This is my second year of the yearly subscription, and I... I think it's totally worth it. I use game. It's free, and I think it's totally worth it. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, once again, buzz at CNET.com or 1-800-616-CNET. Thanks, folks. Goodbye to you. Bye.